0: Amen, I'm so glad y'all are here this morning, Uh, and welcome, welcome to Liberty Church, we're glad you're uh, spending your morning with us. Uh, I'm really excited uh, about kicking off a new message uh, this morning. It's really, uh, the Lord really gave me the message uh, a couple weeks back, and I really feel like it's it's really a good message for where we currently are uh, with our church, and really where we currently are uh, within the world, right? There's a lot of crazy uh, world events going on right now and I believe that this is how we can put the church back on offense does anybody like to score points does anybody like offense when I watch football I like a team that has good offense because it stinks if you're on defense all the time amen. and so I'm really excited about this message uh, and really it's it's really it's a it's really a dynamic message it's a message about relationships uh, do you know that uh, as a believer Uh, We can't be just us and God. God calls us into relationships with people. We have to be in healthy, right relationships with people. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the unity of the body of Christ. Uh, And if we're not in relationships with each other, then the church is actually not unified. It's not come together. It's not uh, operating out of its full potential that it can. You know the church is you and me, right? It's not just a building. The church is living and breathing. It's you and me. And so I have a part to play, right? We preach that all the time. You have a part to play. Uh, We're different members. We're different parts of of one body. When we come together in unity, uh, in harmony, man, we can accomplish some awesome stuff, right? And so it's a message about uh, about that, about unity. It's a message about moving forward, uh, uh, a constant, uh, a forward-looking progression, Uh, because, do you know, uh, as soon as you were born, you uh, had a race that you have to start running. We all have a race that we have to run, right? Do you know that God calls us to run? Uh, But when we run together, do you know it's so much funner? (laughs) We all have a race that we individually have to run, but we're not called to run alone. We have to run together, and we have to run in circles. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this week and next week, and, I, and, and I'm really excited. I, I believe that we can we can really grow, amen, not just grow, but we can really see and tap into uh, something bigger, going to the next level that God really, uh, I believe, wants for us, amen. So let's look up, uh, let's go ahead, let's just jump into this thing. Let's look at that first point, okay, so now uh, more than ever, right, the church needs to be unified. You don't need me to tell you that, because I know we got a lot of smart folks in here. If you pay attention to what's going on, right, in the world, uh, all the stuff, all the, all the hate, uh, all the lost people, all the hurting people, right, uh, and then you compound all the, the, the stuff and the cycles of news and all the stuff, now more than ever, the church, somebody say the church, needs to be unified we have to be in complete agreement uh, not with just what we believe this book says but in complete agreement with what God is is wanting to orchestrate and order us to do right now in this place in this current season that we find ourselves that we find the church right right now just because we're our country is experiencing dark times now more than ever, right, is really the opportunity for the church to really shine and draw people, right, instead of judge and stiff-arm people. Uh, so we have, to, we have to be unified like, like no other. And so unity, when we come into unity, unity uh, is power. And as believers, to live a life of victory, we can't choose to run alone. None of us are really as strong as we think we are. <laughs> if you decide to just do your own thing, you got saved, you got born again, you know. But you, you just, you, you don't, you think you don't need anybody else in your life. That is a lie from the enemy. Oh, uh, because we are not as strong as we think we are. Uh, we are one test, one trial, one one decision, one thought away from. Who knows, right? We can get knocked off our high horse, knocked off the right path that we're going, knocked, knocked out of our right relationship with God in, in a moment's notice, right? And that's why unity is power because when we're in right relationship as a church, as together, in relationships with other believers, like-minded believers, other Christians that push me uh, and challenge me and people that I'm accountable to, I'll most likely not find myself in those places of weakness, I'll still experience, you know, uh, tough days, things that I go through. But when I'm with somebody who's running with me, who has my back, who's praying for me, uh, who's believing for me, who I'm accountable to throughout the week, it can really help launch me and help grow me to the to that next level, right? To help help keep me moving in the right direction to confirm and affirm that if I'm on the right path, am I on the wrong path, right? And so it's, it's, it's when, we, when we do that, when we're relationships, when we're running together, uh, that we can experience victory. And the second part of that statement is none of us are really as strong <laughs> as we think we are. We have to run. All of us, we don't have a choice. You have a life, you have a race that you have to run. And as Christians, as believers, that's no different. Our spiritual life is a long-distance run, right? But I don't get to choose if I have to run or not, but guess what? I do get to choose if I want to run with somebody or other people or if I want to run alone. You know what? And running together with other people, like I said, is so much more fun. amen. Because when I, when I struggle, I have somebody that's there with me that can keep me motivated, that can keep me uh, uh, full of energy, that can keep me excited and passionate about the things of God and what I'm doing. Amen? Let's look at that uh, that next scripture. Romans 12, 3-5. Uh, through five. It says, Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. <laughs> Don't think you are better than you really are Paul says take this warning don't think of yourselves as better than you think that you are like I said if we are running alone and we're not in right relationship with other people let me back uh, back step a second and let me say we're not called to be in relationship with every single person that we come in contact with we can we can find ourselves in bad relationships when we do that but we are called to be in relationships uh, with people and we need to be in relationships with people because we're not as healthy and as good as we think that we are. I and mean, We need those people in our lives that, that can challenge us and call us out on our junk, right, even when it hurts. We need those people that, that will go to bat for us and, and help us, right? He says, so don't think of yourselves as better than you are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies are many parts. Somebody say many parts. And each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. I never, I never noticed that or read that in this way that I did this week, that we belong to each other. We help keep each other. Not just put together, uh, but we can help keep each other, keep keep your brother, right? Keep your sister in Christ. We're different members, different parts of one body. He says. So it's like you know, my big toe is attached and it's it's accountable to my foot, and, and my foot's attached and accountable to my leg, right? And my and my legs attached to my to my my torso, and it, it, it's attached whether it wants to be or not. Right? It's part of my body. So we are, we are, it's the same for us. We are uh, attached to each other. We are accountable to each other, uh, and we belong to each other. And we're part of one body, one amazing body, a living, breathing church. And so some of us are the big toe. (laughs) Your big toe has a special function, it's there for a reason. And so that may be your talent, that may be your gifting, that may be your your special ability that you hold, Uh, but you still need, you need a place to rest, you need a place to be fixed upon, you need that foot to be connected to, right? Because the toe chopped off by itself over in the corner is no good. It needs a foot, it needs a leg, it needs a body, it needs a head, right? And Christ is our head, but us together, we keep each other uh, and we need to work together in unity, in harmony. Uh, and when we do that, y'all, the church can go on offense. And we can, we can accomplish amazing things uh, for his glory. Amen. And so we're many parts, each part, doing special functions uh, of the body of Christ. Okay? So we need each other. Uh, and, and on our own, we're just, we're just not as... We, we can't do things, certain things, on our own. We're not as strong as we think we are. And so it's really when we come together, separate members, right, like I'm saying, separate members, separate parts coming together that makes the body of Christ that much stronger. Uh, and when we come together, unity is power. Uh, somebody say power. It, it's a lot like, you know, there's, there's athletes and um, uh, sports teams, you know, they have, they, they kick off the beginning of a season, whatever sport they're in, right? And if they buy into what the coach is selling and all the coaches and the vision, most teams have a, have goals and they write it on the board, you know, like, these are our goals for this season. This is what we want to do. This is where we want to go. This is what we want to accomplish. And when that team buys in and they all come together in unity, in harmony, man, right? You see it every year. Teams accomplish amazing things and they, they do awesome things, and it's no different for the church and, and uh, for us as believers. When we get in right relationship with other people, circles and groups of people that, that, love about, that love me and care about me and have my back, we can accomplish amazing things if we are united in the things that we say and we believe in. We can do amazing things. Amen. Unity is power. Let's look at that next point. So this is really where I'm going with this. So we need uh, strong circle, strong th- groups of people in our lives, relationships, good, godly, uh, healthy relationships with other like-minded believers because, do you know, you can be in relationship with the wrong types of people that will not do anything good for us, but, but hurt us, take us down the wrong path. And so if I don't have a strong core groups of people in my life that I can trust, then I can find myself in bad uh, situations and bad relationships. So we need strong circles with other believers in our lives that we can trust and who can fight with and who will have our backs, right? Community and fellowship with others is how we continue to grow and how we stay filled up, right? Your growth, I've said this, I say it a lot, is your personal growth is your responsibility, We have to, you know, read his word every day. We have to be in prayer every day. I got to be worshiping daily. I have to cultivate uh, other things that I'm, I'm learning and listening to, you know, online messages, online sermons, doing my own studying. I'm accountable to that. But there are certain levels of maturity as a believer, things that God wants to do in my life that I cannot attain on my own. I can only grow to certain levels when I'm in relationship, and that happens through community with others uh, and fellowship with others, right? Because we we live together, we do things together, we learn from each other. Uh, people call out gifts and, and stuff inside of me that I don't see, right? And then God pushes me into my gifts and the things that I can do as I'm praying for other people, as I'm in a relationship, I'm, I'm helping other people do things, uh, accomplish things in their lives, and God, I see God using me and it builds my faith, right? When we're in a relationship with other people, our, uh, the faith, the, contag- the contagiousness of faith is, is spread, right? You, you feed off each other's hopes and your, your dreams and your expectations and what God's doing in the moment. Uh, and what God's doing in your day-to-day life, right? Because when we're alone and separated, we, we have a tendency, you know, the, to just put it on cruise control, and we're just, we're just kind of going through the motions with our faith. And when I'm in a relationship, I'm accountable to other people, uh, and, I, and, and, and it helps me stay focused and stay motivated that I'm not just lallygagging right through life, that I'm on wi- purpose, running my race, step-by-step, lap-by-lap, day-by-day, and then I'm not doing it alone, and it brings comfort and joy to me. Amen? I want to ask you a question and kind of challenge you this morning as I'm speaking and uh, and preaching, even this morning, if if you feel alone this morning, that's not my intention in this message uh, to, to call you out if you're doing life alone, but if you feel alone this morning, more than likely you probably are. And God can still love you, and he still loves you, and he can still save you and use you. But there are only certain things, certain levels that you can do on your own. And what are you waiting for? Why stay in that place? Why stay in that isolation and that seclusion and that division? Because when you're cut off, when you're a member cut off, separated from the body, you're, you're a moments away from catastrophe a moment away from death spiritual death physical death a moment away from poverty a moment away from making a bad decision Whereas, if you were connected to the body and you were struggling with something you might actually reach out and call so and so somebody that's in your inner circle and in your group of friends that you are open and honest and transparent about everything and uh, you have somebody to reach out to right Because if you're doing life alone and you're running your race alone and you're not telling anybody what you're struggling with or why you're mad or why you're frustrated on the inside or so and so offended you and you don't have anybody to open up to or vent to, then you're just, you stay stuck. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And and you're lost and you're frustrated and you're angry and and maybe rightfully so. But don't get mad at uh, the church or the believers if. If we don't know that's going on inside of you, then we can't help you. Amen. We want to help you. And God wants to help you. But we got to get honest and we got to open up and we got to find. Next week, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Really, next week, we're going to talk about the different types of circles, the different levels uh, of circles that we need to run with because, you know, you need an inner circle. I'm going to call it it's an inner circle, a group of, of one to three people that are like your best buddies, right? You tell them everything, your struggles, the things that are going on. You know that they got your back. You know that they're praying for you, uh, and you do the same for them, right? You need, But then you need a little, a, a smaller group, a small group of people, uh, you know, that you open up to, but you're not telling them everything, right? And then you need a, a larger group, really a larger group of influence, people that, that you have an opportunity to spread the gospel with, that you can run with, that you can you can share and grow with, because We need those different levels of circles because we are in different levels of relationships with all types of people, right? Me and uh, my wife—we're pastors, and so we need an inner circle of people in our lives to help keep us accountable, to help keep us growing. To people, you know, we're not perfect; we have stuff that we go through. And so we have some people that we can trust that when we're struggling, we can go to. But I can't just go to anybody in my small group of people and, and tell them that I'm struggling with this or because I'm a pastor, right, and they may be received from me. And they hear me tell them that, it changes the dynamic of our relationship, right? But I'm only human, and so it's the same for you this morning. And so I want to challenge you. If you feel alone, maybe you are, and you need to start building some circles in your life. You need some some close friends. And I promise you, they're out there. They're here. They're there. I pray, we're going to close the prayer this morning. I want to pray that divinely God would begin to put you in touch with the right people. Because the enemy is doing the best that he can to get you in touch with the wrong people. And so we need him. Amen. And the last thing I, I want to share really on, on that, that point, on that nugget is there are battles in our lives that we cannot win alone. There are battles, fights you're going to go through that you can, in this life, not win. Get victory in by yourself. That's why we need relationships, because people have been there, done that. They've gone through that. They've been through that season, through that desert, through that dry place. And they have hope and encouragement and words of wisdom uh, and advice that we can get and and learn and glean from, right? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Y'all, I love the book of Ecclesiastes, Uh, written by by Solomon, right, the most wise man ever to be. He wrote the whole book of Proverbs. He's actually the son of David, right? If you've never read Ecclesiastes, man, this week, get in there. So much good stuff. Does anybody love this? Love the Word of God, love their Bibles? Get in there uh, and read what he says. But this morning, I want to focus on these scriptures. Verse 9, it says, two people are better than one, right? You've all heard the saying, two, two minds are better than one? He says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Somebody say, Help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. If you are following along in your Bible this morning or on your Bible app, you need to highlight that, put a star next to it, do whatever you got to do so you don't forget that somebody who falls and if they are alone is in real trouble. How does the enemy work? He did, we're, we're, we're called to be sheep, right? We're supposed to run in flocks in circles like we're talking about this morning. A sheep who is off the beaten path by itself is in a dangerous dangerous place so we have to be careful that we don't find ourselves as that person as that sheep by ourselves one one thought one stumble one one struggle away from falling A verse 11 says likewise two people lying close together can keep each other warm but how can uh, one be warm alone how can one be warm alone Verse 12, a person standing alone can be, excuse me, can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to get back and conquer. But he says three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We need relationships. Write that down. We need relationships. Yes, we have God, but we need, we need God and we need people. We need people who have our backs. We need relationships to help keep me safe. Relationships help keep Ian safe, help keep Ian moving in the right direction, help keep Ian making the right decisions, one after the other, right? We need relationships also so that I can help others do the same thing. Because <laughs> if I'm doing the right thing and I'm, I'm connected in right relationships with others, I, I'm building my, my groups and my, my friends and my, my level of influence and I can help them stay on the right path, right? On the right track. Keep running in the right direction. See, this is how the enemy comes in and perverts this truth. What truth, Pastor Ian? The truth that we need relationships, right? Because what does he say? What types of thoughts does does he try and give us? Or what types of thoughts do we have on our own? We say things or think things like, you know what? I can do this on my own. I'm strong enough. I don't need help. Right? That is a lie from the enemy. Y'all, and man, we struggle with that, right? Reaching out for help because that's a sign of, of weakness to us, right? If I'm struggling with something, when I, when I reach out for help, it's, it's like I'm doing something bad or I'm doing something wrong. You know, we are all human. We all miss the mark. We all need help. We all need relationships. And the enemy does not want you to see that, recognize that. He wants to keep you disconnected from the living, breathing church. And what else does he say? He'll say things like, if you do that, if you go to somebody and you open up, they are going to hurt you, right? Or they're going to judge you. And that's what keeps us from opening up and being honest with other people that we come in contact with. Because, man, we don't want to be judged, I don't want to get hurt. Maybe I got hurt before. You know what? I'll say one thing is about relationships. Is there a possibility to get hurt in a relationship? Most definitely, right? But the pros to that situation, there's pros and cons to everything. The pros of that being in that relationship, if it's, if it's a godly relationship, outweigh the risk, trust me, of what can happen, of where God can take you. You know, and there's one last little lie the enemy will tell you. You know, every I'm doing I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Every person for himself, right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. We we see people hurting, broken. Maybe even we we pick up on it and we just you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And we serve a compassionate God, right? We need to seize those opportunities, seize those moments when the Holy Spirit brings it on our hearts to reach out and to help those people. You know what? And I get it. Sometimes when we see people struggling, we kind of we feel a little timid. We don't know what to say in the moment. I don't want to offend somebody. You know, man, me and Pastor Jessica, we have to do <laughs> ministry. We have to have some uncomfortable conversations sometimes with people as we're ministering to people and meeting people and sitting with people. You know what? We just pray the Holy Spirit fill our our mouths. Give us your thoughts and your words. You know what? He shows up every time. So forgive us, God, if we allow that to keep us from branching out and building bridges and building relationships to grow the church, right? When we we grow relationships, what does it do? It makes the church stronger, right? When someone's hurting, especially a member of the church, if I go out and reach out to them and build them up and restore them to wholeness and healness, that makes the body stronger, right? It brings more unity and harmony to the body. That we need relationships. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says, so Christ uh, himself uh, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Uh, we call this the five-fold ministry gifts, right? The fivefold. these are the five main folds of the church. How the church continues to to grow uh, and to cultivate health within itself uh, and to help lead and guide its members is through these five uh, ministries. It's the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, right? And they all have to be in unity and relationship with each other also, right? Verse 12, it says, to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. There it is. Why do they exist? So that the body of Christ can be built up. Right? So that the body of Christ can be built up and then gonna do the same thing. Verse 13, until we all reach such unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Somebody say mature. We need maturity within the church. Not just growth. Growth is great. Health is great. But we need everlasting maturity. Paul said it, we can't just have spiritual milk. We have to graduate to spiritual meat, right? And we can only do that by being in a relationship with other people, by asking questions, by learning and gleaning from each other. And he says, so to become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there, every wind of new teaching by the cunning and the craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. We're living in these days right now. There are people that are lost. They have bought into a, a pastor's own theology, a pastor's own opinions, uh, instead of being knowing the truth and being mature enough in the Lord to hear from the Lord to know that's God or that's not God. But I've heard uh, that there are some churches that think abortion is okay. How can you be a church, a pastor of a church, and read this and say that <laughs> abortion is okay? What happened? They got disconnected somewhere. They, they, they're not connected. They don't know. They're not maturing in the, the truth of God. Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow, there it is, and become in every respect uh, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament that grows and builds itself up in love uh, as each part does its own work. As each part does its own work. Y'all, we can't spiritually grow into maturity by ourselves either. We can only grow into maturity together off each other. As it says, as each ligament does its part, as it builds itself up, each member, each part uh, does its part, we grow uh, into maturity, spiritual uh, maturity. Does anybody want to stay a, a, a baby Christian their whole life? <laughs> think of that, a, a baby Christian. Are there baby Christians? Yes. We all have to start somewhere. I was uh, looking at Xander, baby Xander the other day, and just, man, any parents in the house? You know, think back if maybe you got a baby now or when you had one, you're looking at your kids. You know, you just get lost. And I just had that thought, he's going so fast. He's already going on three months, and I'm just like, man, you need to slow down. I want you just to stay this way forever, right? That's what I thought. That's what I said. Anybody else ever thought that or said that about your kids? Somebody's honest. God bless you. You know, but that can't happen, right? Because they have to grow, and they have to mature. Y'all, it is the same for you and for me. Living for God isn't this thing that we do, and we just... They get to a certain level and they say, you know what, I'm good. I'm done growing. <laughs> but what happens is we get to a place and we kind of know God's nudging us in a direction where he wants me to put this down or start doing this or get in a relationship with this person. And, and I know it's, it's kind of scary and intimidating and it's really my flesh isn't ready to do it and so I just stay there. Right? We have to mature in the Lord and we can only do that by being in relationship with each other, to help egg each other on and push each other to keep running and growing and fighting together. Amen? Let's look at that next point. And here's really the cool little twist, the little nugget that the Lord gave me uh, for this message. Uh, Because it's so important that we are in relationship uh, with others. When we are in relationship with others, we can We can accomplish things, amazing things. We can be on offense and take the fight to the enemy. Uh, But if we don't, so if we don't fight and we don't run uh, in circles with other people, groups of people, we will literally find ourselves lost, wandering, running in circles. If you don't get connected with other believers in your life and begin building relationships, healthy relationships, and, and and begin running within those circles, you will be lost by yourself, literally wandering around in circles. Wandering around the same, same test, the same trial that keeps beating you up and knocking you down and taking everything from you, not caring about you. You wander over here, you're doing life alone, you're angry, you're mad, but you're not telling anybody about it. And so you're doing life alone, and you're just wandering walking, crawling, maybe running in circles, the same old mountains, the same old death deserts, stuck by yourself, and you're just moments away from spiritual death, maybe physical death, uh, and you need people who love and care about you. Don't listen to the enemy when he says, people are going to judge you, or people are going to uh, you know, condemn you or hurt you, you know, you could reach out to the people that you trust the most. Because if you don't, you could be stuck. You could stay in that place, that spiritual death of, of a place. Right? The second part of that statement is when we decide to fight and run alone, we are vulnerable right to the enemy. Y'all, and seclusion kills. Somebody say kills. Isolation kills. It snuffs the life of God out of you. You, it's, it's ingrained in us to gather and, and grow and gather and do things, right? We just went through a, a nationwide, worldwide quarantine, right? Where some people struggling, anybody in here struggling, not being able to see the people you love and care about. A couple of you raising hands. Uh, because right, we need to be in relationship with people. Like we need to tell people what's going on in our lives and it, it, seclusion. And you know what's happened since then? No one's talking about this, no one's reporting this stuff. I believe I read the other day that suicide rates are up like 35 40%. You want to know why? Because people are secluded. The government has actually told them they can't leave their homes. They can't go see their families uh, in some of these states. Uh, So seclusion really does kill us, not physically but spiritually as well. It's a way for the enemy to get us disconnected and keep us in this place. Here's a cool thing that the Lord was showing me. So if a group of people comes together in, in, in real unity, and real harmony, and they are saying the, the same things and, and saying the right things and believing the same things and believing the right things, uh, and they, they are, they are uh, all doing, running, going towards the same goals, especially the, the goals of, of, of the Bible and the gospel, kingdom-minded people, if they are all running together, they are less likely not to just get lost, but they are less likely to even be attacked because that group is united, right, in what they say, what they believe, what they're praying about. Uh, Because if if you flip the coin and you're by yourself and you're out there trying to do things on your own, more than likely you're going to get lost and more than likely you're going to get attacked. But if you're with a group of people, it's a lot less likely that those things... Will happen, Amen. When we're alone, it's just a matter of time. Jeremiah 54 through 7. I love the book of Jeremiah. He's one of our prophets, and I've read this before, just read through it and reading through the Bible, but this scripture, when I come back across, I said, man, we need to use that for this morning's message because it's really prophetic, and it says what can happen if we just, excuse me, decide To keep doing things our own way Uh, it says verse 4 says in those coming days says the Lord the people of Israel will return home together somebody say together with the people of Judah the the God's people Israel they were wandering they were lost uh, they were running in circles uh, they were in sin and they were actually living in Babylon a place a land they were not even called to uh, be and they were lost in that place and Jeremiah is saying prophesying that they are going to return home, okay? They will come weeping and seeking the Lord their God. They will ask the way to Jerusalem and will start back home again. Praise God, no matter what happens, if you still have breath in your lungs, if maybe you do feel alone, if you've been lost, if you've wandered out in sin on your own, you can still come back home. There is still hope today, amen? You can do that. He says they will start back home again. They will bind themselves to the Lord with an eternal covenant that will never be forgotten my people have been lost sheep he says my people have been lost sheep their shepherds have led them astray and turned them loose in the mountains they have lost their way and can't even remember how to get back to the sheepfold anybody ever been so lost don't even remember how you got there why you're there why you're doing what you're doing i've been there the last time i relapsed over 8 years ago I almost killed me, but I had already been saved before I decided to start drinking again. And, but I got so lost, I didn't even remember how I got there. Praise God, he brought me out. right? But there are people out there right now, real people with real lives, real families, that are lost. God wants to bring them home. He says they have lost their way and can't remember how to get back to the sheepfold. And Here's this. All who found themselves devoured them. Their enemies said... We did nothing wrong in attacking them, for they sinned against the Lord, their true place of rest, and the hope of their ancestors. So not only were they lost, trying to find their way back home, couldn't find their way back home, but the enemy, whenever they found them, killed them and devoured them. That's what can happen to our lives if we run alone. We have to run together. And here's this, even God's people can lose their way. Even called, anointed, favored, people of God can lose their way. A pastor can lose his way. A worship team leader can lose their way. People on the stage can lose their way. How do I con- continue to keep chasing and pursuing God? I need to keep chasing and pursuing God in my daily devotional that I walk out every day. But how else can I continue to do that? I need to find other people that are doing the same Thing, that will run with me so that we won't get lost together. We won't get attacked together, but we can fight and stand together. Amen. When we do that, we'll continue moving forward. We'll stay on track. We'll keep moving in the right direction and we can fight and live together in peace and in harmony. Amen. That next point, the last point for today. It says, yes, God is with us wherever we go. Okay. But we all still need to be in healthy relationships with others. I just want to pause there for a moment because we can, if we're not careful, we can tell ourselves to say like that, you know what, God's with me. All I need is me and God, me and Jesus. Man, I can do anything. And we have people that will tell themselves that to keep themselves from having to be connected to a church, right? Because somebody says, you know what, I can do church in my tree stand when I'm hunting, I know I can do church in the bass boat while I'm fishing. I don't need to go to church. Is that true? To an extent it is. You know what? But that is a lie to keep us really from entering into something deeper that God wants to do. Yes, God is with us. But we can't use that as an excuse to keep doing what we're doing uh, instead of, Doing something new and being and, and making relationships and making circles, amen, because we all need to be in healthy relationships with others. No matter who you are or where you are in life, we can all learn and glean from each other to make the church better. Somebody say better. And stronger. Better and stronger is just that. Better and stronger are good things that we need uh, for the church to continue to grow on itself. And so we have to think that way, we have to live that way, we have to be on purpose to be doing those things, to not isolate ourselves, to stay secluded, and to come out of our comfort zones, out of our little shells, and begin to meet new people. Uh, you know, we're all sitting here together collectively this Sunday morning, you know, but you can only grow so close with uh, the people that you sit with on Sunday morning to an extent, right? We call them hallway conversations, right? Pastor Keith uses that all the time. Because when you come to church, right, we're doing it corporately. And so, you know, when you come to church, you see so-and-so and you ask them about what? Their job and their kids. How was your week? Great. You know, but that's about the far, the farthest that that, that, that relationship can go on a weekly basis, right? And so that's why we need small groups. Uh, if you haven't ever been through a small group or, or thinking about doing one, man, get plugged in. Because that's where real life happens. That's when you can begin to know the people that you're coming to church with. Begin to know what's going on in their lives. Maybe they really need prayer. And you can say, you know what? I've seen them every Sunday. I had no idea that they were going through this tough place. And God will begin to use you, right? To help them and love them and encourage them. And so no matter who you are, where you are, we can all learn and glean from each other. You have something that somebody else needs. And somebody else has something that you need. We're accountable to each other, right? We're all members of the same body. We need each other. That's, uh, I'm going to skip 1 John. That's uh, for time's sake. I'm going a little long. Let's go to Romans 14, 16 through 19. It says, Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony. Somebody say harmony, harmony. in the church, and try to build each other up. Let us aim for harmony, he says, so that we can be made stronger. We can build each other up, and be unified. You can't. You can't uh, unify. Uh, something it takes multiple parts to unify something <laughs> you can't be alone and be unified with anything else until some something else or somebody else comes along you and so the Lord was just, just speaking to me and showing me that that's what we need to happen the church to be made stronger and better and healthier we need to unify all its scattered pieces and bring it back together in wholeness and maturity in the body of Christ Amen. let's run in circles somebody run with me amen. couple hands thank you praise God let's run together amen let's run together I want to ask us all just to let's just get in prayer I just feel called to pray over us this morning just get into his presence and um, just allow that Holy Spirit light to shine on you right now on your life and specifically in the area of relationships do you have these these different size levels of groups of friends in your life that I'm talking about do you have an inner circle uh, of one or three people that you can trust that you can be you the real you around not wearing masks people that call you out on your junk and then do you have a, a bigger circle a small group of friends where you're you're still you and but you just you don't you know, it's a certain level of deepness and then a bigger circle. If you don't, I just want to pray over us right now. Father God, Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this place. God, I pray that you would, by your spirit, lead us into contact with the right people in our lives, the people that we need in our lives, the seasons that we're going through to help us, that you would literally connect us. God, even this next week as we're going through this series, uh, Lord, that we can, we can come together and, and grow together, and uh, run together, and pray for each other and help each other. Lord, so I pray that, that would happen. I pray, hedge protection around those who are maybe in uh, relationships that are ungodly, that maybe have ungodly soul ties, relationships that are are doing no good. All they're doing is killing, stealing, and destroying from each other, and using other people. Ugh. Any relationship that is not of you, God, I, I ask that to be severed in Jesus' name, that we have the guts and the faith to sever it and see it for what it is, if it's hurting me. It's not worth it in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and everyone's still praying, maybe you've never given your life to Christ. We call it being born again or getting saved. It's really just a moment that you have when you say, you know what, God, I'm... I'm sick and tired of doing it my way I want to trust you I believe in you I believe what you said today something you said today like stirred me I want to give my life to God if that's you this morning here in a moment I'm asking ask you to do something I also want to invite somebody maybe you have done that you've given your life to Christ but you've fallen away maybe you're off in sin or you're, you're doing shady things behind closed doors you and him you feel like your relationship you feel like God's mad at you all the time Maybe he's mad at you. He's not mad at you, but maybe you feel that way because you're doing things you know you're not supposed to. So you need restoration. If that's you, you've either never given your life to Christ or you have and you want to rededicate it today, right now, I want you to do something about it. I want you to stand up. Right now, all over this place, if you want to rededicate your life to God or you want to give Him your life for the first time right now, everyone, no one's looking at you. Everyone's praying for your salvation right now to stand up. Right now, a few more moments. Don't let this moment pass you by. Your life can change. (laughs) And I promise you, it can change today. In Jesus' name, a few more seconds. Amen. Let us continue to pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for everybody here. Lord, all their, what their life encompasses, God. Them, their gifts, their families, their jobs. Lord, right now, we just, we ask that you release blessings blessings in this place. Father God, we bind the enemy and the devourer right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for your word and what you've done in this place today. God, we thank you that we're not alone, that you're with us, but I thank you that you call us in relationships with people. God, and I pray that we would think about that, pray about that, and if you call us to do that, that we would do that <laughs> by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.